I mean, really, I credit Ed Hardy with being the one that raised uh, sanitary standards in the mm -hmm. tattoo community worldwide, and he took mm -hmm. a lot of heat for it. Mm -hmm. um, but he really wanted to standardize glove use and certain um, cross-contamination procedures, yep. make sure that people have autoclaves. It's really easy to test your autoclave and to make sure that it's you know overseen. He was um, really scared that the tattoo industry was going to take a nosedive because of infection and things like HIV. If it exploded through the tattooing community, that would be devastating. So mm -hmm. he got a lot of flack, but I think his bottom line was improving the business and making it be able to last longer and yeah. be actually better, safer for customer and client. You know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. To, for, to each his own but yeah. I think that was a really good move Absolutely. I feel like I was I don't know how I even heard about that maybe had friends that were tattooers when I was in like college or something and that was like they were talking about that that yeah fucking Ed Hardy's fucking trying to get everybody to wear gloves it's really stupid I'm just <laughs> like I don't know Does that, I mean you know and one of the worst parts to me of actually making a tattoo is the fucking gloves the fucking gloves drive me nuts. Yeah. My hands are like... They're probably not the standards. I mean, I wear right? like a large, tall t-shirt. That's so fucking weird. So I would need like large, tall gloves. Like a, an extra large glove, I'm swimming in it. And a large glove, so the fingers are way too small. And it cramps my hands because I can't get full extension. Yeah. Especially in the stretching hand. My stretching hand will just like tense up so where it can't move at the end of a session. It's just wrecked. Yeah. Because yeah. I can't, because of the fucking gloves, right? Yeah. Oh my god, the gloves. And having to take them off and on, and once your hands are sweaty, it's like such a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But necessary, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, for the people that maybe don't know, like, yeah, the gloves suck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But again, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't tattoo, I guess I would probably wrap, um, paper towel or have a paper towel on under my hand if I was going to tattoo without gloves because yeah, yeah. again the skin gets so slippery once they start sweating and you're using grease and there's blood and ink you know it gets really slippery yeah yeah and uh I feel like the yeah I don't know yeah but it's funny to see old pictures of people tattooing without gloves I think yes. it's great yeah especially <laughs> the old timers that used to like if uh they went into a customer with a green let's say and the green's not coming out of the tube, Check it on and they'll they'll do it on themselves <laughs> on their on their left hand, usually yeah. right between the index finger and the thumb, yep. and the, so they'll have this little spot of fucking all these different colors, and it's just years of just, <laughs> and they're just trying out the ink to get it to flow, and then they go into the customer. Yeah. Oh my God, so many people did that. <laughs> and think about it, like if you had hepatitis or something, like yeah. what a great way to just directly transmit it, you yeah. know? But again, <laughs> I still think you have to, there's the viral load. That's and true. I think that's, that's the thing that they've discovered about why more people didn't get fucked up shit from tattooing is because the actual amount of viral load that you could get into your skin through a tattoo is minimal yeah. it's very small like you could you know just drinking something you could get tons more in one shot you know what i'm saying because really there uh, i mean god the the conditions of tattooing in say the 40s and 50s just so gross <laughs> yeah. you know 
Like when yeah, you go, yeah. when I'll go down to like Long Beach, you know, and you see the the pictures and stuff of the how they yeah. were doing it back in the day, you no, know, and yeah. went, oh, went, so gnarly. I went there with you. Oh right, yeah, the well, tattoo museum. Yeah, place. that yeah. was really cool. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like thinking about like you know they would tattoo often in the back of those uh, or the photograph spots. Mm, where they, yeah, yeah. you know, that was the only way to get a photograph of yourself before they started making handheld cameras. You'd go to the place, you'd sit down, like a photo booth, but it was yeah. a shop. And often in the back of those would be a tattooer. What a funny combo, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I guess you get your memento, you're drunk, you get your photograph, and then you get your tattoo as your memento. Yeah. I don't know. It's such a, <laughs> to me, that seems so strange. Yeah. But they would just have that one wash bucket and a one rag, and every customer would get cleaned with that same bucket yep. for that day, right? Yep. And people yep. were spitting their chew in that uh, bucket because they thought it was antiseptic, even if it had been in your mouth. No. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yep. So filthy. So filthy. But, but again, not, not that many people got fucked up, yeah. you know? Surprisingly. Surprisingly, I mean, the tattoos look like shit, most of them, you, you know, by now. But the yeah. tools were so different then. You That's know, the true. whole thing was so different. I mean, they were probably reusing needles for years and, and not even cleaning them, maybe brushing them off each day oh, with like a wire brush or something. But you'd want to keep your good needles. I mean, I've met tattooers that told me that they used to have needles that they reused because they were so good. For certain things, they were just like, uh, I got just the tool for this. Mm-hmm. You know? Like the, it was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think the, the thought of reusing a needle now is just so gone. Like, you know, yeah, no, like, no. no fucking way. And they're so cheap now. You can get needles for like a quarter. That's if true. you buy them by the box, right? Yeah, And yeah, that's yeah. a whole different thing, too. Yeah. They used to be crazy <laughs> expensive when... Or not even crazy expensive. I mean, it's still at the most. I think I might have paid four dollars per needle mm. for these handmade ones. These girls in Oakland were making for me. They made them for a lot of people. Crown needles. How nice. Yeah, I, yeah, I I could conjecture what they're involved in now, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> but I, I have my suspic- suspicions, you know. Um, but yeah, they they made bomb bomb needles. We would tell them exactly how we wanted them. You know, a little loose, a little tight, certain kinds, you know, soldered back, soldered forward, all that kind of shit. But then once the box stuff came around, it was just like, ooh, this is hard to compete with. And then I started tattooing a lot less and was just like, ah, if it's only here and there, a box will last me forever. True. You know, and now I use the cartridges. Yeah, same. And I I love them. Yeah. And I have... I've never had any problem with the actual uh, steel needles in the cartridges. They're always straight. I've never, yeah. you know, I still loop them, you know, uh, with a magnifying glass for people that don't know what a loop is. Um, we'll ch- usually check the needles to make sure the points are straight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and those cartridges, they're always dead on. Yeah, yeah, I, I've always liked them. I mean, yeah. I do such thin work that on occasion I'll run into like a tight three that I don't like that's not small tight enough. Tight three is so... I applaud you for using a tight three, frankly. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> it is a really tricky tool. I mean, the only needle that's trickier is a single. Yeah. And a single is basically a three with one needle pushed out a little further. 
I mean, yeah. that's how a single needle was made, from what I understand, or how they yeah, yeah. Um, transitioned from jail rig, you know, that when the Jack Rudy and Good Time Charlie, yeah. they were like, oh, I'll just make a three, but push the one out a little further, yeah. and we'll just get that one needle. Yeah, yeah, you had to get that look. But it's yeah. like so unforgiving. Like you blow out a, a, a three, it's obvious as shit. All of a sudden your line has got to be like a seven or a nine sometimes. Because <laughs> yeah. a three can has that like cutting ability. Yeah. Um, I don't think non... People that, you know, don't make tattoos, you know, when you're asking for like a really, really fine line, skinny, skinny line... Usually we're using a three, yeah. and a tight three is is incredibly difficult to use. And I notice that more and more lately, uh, clients are asking for that type of work, yeah, and it's uh, it's really fucking hard to do. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Very easy to mess up. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's just it. It takes a certain kind of person with a certain constitution to even jump into that fray. Yeah. You know. Yeah. For sure. Because then yeah. there's the opposite side of that, which is, you know, really graphic, let's say bold kind of Americana work, um, which is rather forgiving. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, can be a little wonky and still look fine. You might miss connecting a line and bah, you can shade it out a little bit or whatever. But yeah, that fine line stuff, there's just no turning back. <laughs> yeah. 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 I enjoy it though. I, yeah, like... Um, I think, so I, I, I went into printmaking from, like, I started doing that when I was in high school, and I yeah. just loved Silk carving. Silkscreen? Oh, you were, no, uh... Doing lino cuts and woodcuts. Yeah, lino cuts are so fun. Yeah. Woodcut, so too. I love carving and, And like, the difference between, like, an end grain woodcut and a other kind of, you know? Have you experimented with that at all? No. With end grain? Yeah, well... Yes. I just uh, I understand that that's what the masters used mm -hmm. because it's so tight and hard yeah. that you can get like incredible detailed engraving. Yeah. Um, more so on let's say a softer wood, you know, like a two by four or something. You're not going to be able to no. get that much detail, but end grain in yeah. particular, how they cut the wood, a really hard wood. Um, that's the shit. That's the, you know, but you have to have like kind of special tools even to work on it because it's yeah. so hard. Yeah. I I, I was always trying to find just pieces of wood that I liked the grain of mm. um, because I would do fairly um, simple line work carvings mm -hmm. and then I would um, combine, um, I'm kind of like oil down my oil based inks so, uh -huh. they, so they'd be thinner yeah. and so that the wood grain would print as well. So yeah. I'm trying to get the combination of yeah. wood plus my lines. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was all the stuff that I was doing and teaching and such when I met you. Right. Printmaking. And, yeah, and yeah. That's teaching. just it. You, you, uh, yeah. You were already in the arts, and it, it felt like to me too. You were just kind of looking for a break to like really do it. You were kind of yeah. like teaching and doing other things, but there was just like this all-encompassing like be an artist. Yeah, like, that's all Make a do. living doing that. Yeah. And that's kind of what I saw yeah. and was like, I can help her with that if she runs with it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And you did. How, so how did that all evolve for you? Like from once, because then I left Los Angeles for Boulder yeah, and you were just yeah. kind of 
got the stuff, you knew what you were doing, you'd already tattooed a few, quite a, a few people, people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with you. Um, um, yeah, basically what, I studied with you for like a year. I was yeah. there like every weekend, but I was yeah. also teaching, yeah. so I taught during the week. I thought it was cool that you were uh, tattooing some of your ex-students too. Yes. They were. Yes. I remember meeting a few of them, and they were so pumped. Yeah. No. So pumped for you too. The yeah. kind of knowing what I saw, like, oh shit, yeah. she's really doing things. Exactly. I I I wouldn't be here without my students because they they knew me, they believed in me, and yeah. um, a lot of them were in their early twenties yeah. by the time I was tattooing, which yeah. made yeah. them. Uh, be perfect for me to that's tattoo, just it. you know. That's just so it. So I'm so grateful for them. Yeah. Because um, yeah, they, they. That's that's how I learned. That's how I got sure. good. Sure. No, no. Um, I'm grateful to my like graffiti friends for that reason. They were the, my early clients. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The first like year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Mostly Same. free stuff. I, I just put it on them and tried to do the best I could. Yeah. Maybe po towards the end of the year I was charging. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. You know, but there were a lot of free ones. <laughs> yeah, no, same, yeah, yeah. same. Like, yeah. Um, a lot of my students knew who you were. It's sure. funny because when I met you, I actually didn't know your art. Um, sure. But a lot of my students, like, right. they, I realized once I got I've to know your art. I've always appreciated that. They um, um, Like, the youth set are clued into what I'm doing for some reason. Yeah. I've always been really, really um, thankful for that. Because so often I've gotten jobs from people who became fans when they were like 12. Yeah. And yeah. now they're at like Nike or something and they have this big ad campaign and it's big money and they've always wanted to work with me and had my posters hanging up in their houses for years. Cool. And finally yeah. it's like their opportunity. You know what I mean? And, um, cool. some, and, and again, that can be great for me where yeah. I just get these fat jobs out of nowhere and kind of I'm wondering why and then they, they tell me towards the end of it like oh I've been a fan forever I've been just trying to figure out a way to get you hired so I could work with you I'm like Aww. fuck yeah that's fresh <laughs> fuck yeah that's cool. right on yeah. yeah oh that's really cool totally yeah yeah so I knew there was quite a few of my students who were really excited once I started to learn from you yeah no like, that's cool yeah that's cool um, no yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I bumped out a lot of kids too that had been uh fucking on me constantly like to apprentice and stuff oh, you know yeah, yeah. but I think that my attitude about that has always been um, I build a relationship with people and then for whatever reason it comes up in my mind oh maybe they could do well with tattoo machines you know yeah, well. you know it's just one of those things you know but it's certainly not everybody and often, yeah. there, like I say, there's so many people that are like, yo, man, I'll do anything. I'll scrub your floor for a year. And I'm like, I don't even own a shop. I haven't done a tattoo in like six months. Bro. Like, nah, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I have no interest in any of that. You know, yeah. sorry. You know, yeah. um, but it's way more to me about just a, a relationship first with a person. Same, you know, yeah. I mean, even how I got into yeah. it myself through my friend Nala, I think it was because, you know, we developed a relationship and eventually he was in a position where he could hire me mm. you know what i mean yeah and it just worked out that way but it wasn't like i think i might have asked him once in like 95 and he was like oh no nah, like i can't i can't apprentice you like i that would be really bad like i kind of can't teach you unless i own a shop mm -hmm. and you're going to work for me that's how it works that's yeah. why you apprentice someone period was so that you invest time and money in them and eventually they'll give you 50% of their earnings for years on end. 
because you got them in but you're bringing somebody in to work for you that was the whole point you know of course now that's you know people could still do that but it's wide open now how how that all works yeah Yeah. but nala wanted to kind of stick to that old code so once he was an investor in eastside inc in new york that's when he was like yo i got a spot for you you know so so let's do this but even in that case i think because i was already a professional artist by trade he wasn't really tripping so much on like exploiting me and having to teach me all this stuff to to make money off of me you know it really felt like he was just like nah this dude deserves to tattoo and to to try and you know learn from us and and i ran with it yeah for sure went all over the damn planet doing it yeah well you did too yeah you did too so how yeah how did that evolve well you know you were working in berkeley here and there i I mean what were the early days like because i think that's the level that young people are kind of really interested in like okay i can tattoo i can tattoo my friends but Mm. how do i make that next step like how do i get into a shop do i do that at all do i wait for them to holler at me you know oh awesome somebody's car alarm (laughs) oh there it goes i think it's just the plumber's truck (laughs) the neighbor that's cool um yeah um well you know when I met you, I was kind of burnt out on teaching because I had been an adjunct faculty for I thought so. 10 years. I think we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. So, because yeah. um, I started teaching right out of undergrad. Mm-hmm. And uh, meanwhile, I was also doing costume design. So that was like my freelance gig that I would do around my, my classes that I taught. Because yeah. I usually would teach like two to maybe two, three a semester. Were you doing historical kind of costuming or what Sometimes, kind? Sometimes, yeah, yeah, mostly. Just whatever. Whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah, I did, um, yeah, yeah, everything. You're handy. Yeah, I did everything from like, mostly like costume designer assistant. Um, sure. Or wardrobe assistant for like sure. music tours. Okay. Um, and then I did makeup and wigs. Cool. So, um, I used to ventil- Skills. ventilate wigs, so you yeah. can hand make wigs, which is yeah. really fun. Yeah. Very tedious. Um, sure. That can be a lucrative business, I understand. Wigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. People uh, pay a lot of thousands and thousands for yeah. wigs. Yeah, this was before like cosplay and, and drag queen culture oh, being I'm as sure. big. Oh, Even that, yeah. But now it's bigger. Yeah. You know, so. I know that from uh, black culture. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've met some girls that had, uh, you know, hair pieces that were awesome. thousands and thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and I can remember that, like, the first time I got my hand slapped by a black girl for trying to touch her hair. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. she was just like, nope, you don't ever touch a black girl's hair. And I was like, oh, well, we're friends. You know, what's, you know, yeah. and we really were. And she yeah. was just like, no, nah, Mike, you just, you can't. Because, like, you don't understand the work that went into this. Also, it could be a piece a lot yeah. of us are actually bald. We should keep our hair really, really short because it's comfortable. And when we're home, nobody gives a shit because a black man knows that we're probably bald, you know. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, I, I remember learning that and I think maybe, fuck, that might have been my first year of college, you know. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, you know, ever so gently going to just, just yeah. I just wanted to get a little touch. Like I would have touched my cholo buddy's uh, uh Tres flores, you know, like pomade back, and it's all slick. And I want to. I wonder if it's hard, you know. And I'm like, yo, can I touch your head? Yeah, she just slapped my hand and was like, nope, don't ever, ever, ever do that. 
I'm telling you right now. And I'm like, yeah. okay, lesson learned. I yeah. gotcha. And yeah. I've never, never even thought of doing that ever since. Well, I, I, <laughs> but I learned a lot from that. Yeah, you know? no, no. I, I remember she explained a whole bunch to me. That's good. It's good. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, I made. I used to make a lot of beautiful hair pieces. I still yeah. make hair pieces for myself, but that's cool. Um, I just, I just don't do it for for a job. Sure. I tried all these things, and I, they just. That's the thing. You could do stuff, a lot of things as a job, and I think it's neat that you, the tattooing has really been the thing with all the different skills that you have. Yeah, yeah. That there's this importance to tattooing, yeah, you know, and bestowing really. that upon people, the whole ritual of it. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I guess I just always loved trying a lot of things in the arts but it's really nice yeah. that tattooing felt like it brought together a lot of the things yeah. that I love yeah um, the historic research that I would do for costume design mm -hmm. the, um, the tedious thing that I would do for wigs you know yeah. like tiny little things you would do that's very yeah. much in tattoos um, totally and yeah right. just all yeah. of that um, but yeah so I was doing all that like um, adjunct faculty stuff when I met you and yep. um, I was burnt out because I, I taught at a lot of different schools. I had got my master's. I, I really wanted to be able to like have a more stable position, but the education system has changed so drastically. Sure. They're just not hiring the... I've heard that from other uh, friends that are teachers in colleges and whatnot yeah. uh, right now and for the last like maybe 10 years. Often they can't get enough students to take the class. It's this weird thing, and then they're just like, "Well, not enough kids took, you know, signed up for your class, they so it. they cancel it." And you're like, yep. "Oh fuck! Well, that was my chance this semester." Yeah. Oh well, yeah. fuck! I'm out of work. Yeah. Oh well, fuck! Yeah, like, yeah. God damn it! Well, how the how the hell yeah. did that happen? Yeah, like, so, so, well, yeah. I'm not even fringe mm -mm. classes at all. No, no. You know, so, but yeah, that's a pickle. I think yeah. people think you can just become a teacher, and it's this like done deal no you know but for some it is i'm sure but you, for others i mean it's a job sure yeah, but it's it's very it's hard tough. to get them and, and more often it seemed like a lot of the schools i was teaching at were just just hiring adjunct because they could hire a lot of faculty yeah and um they didn't have to invest in you we, we didn't right. get benefits or that's what like i understand that. so how the colleges work uh, yeah. for the teachers so i was at this point um for the last year before i met you that i just was like i don't know what to do because this was kind yeah. of the i always wanted to just make my art do my music and have a job that paid my bills that was in the arts so i was trying to figure that out yeah um and you were doing that i was really. doing that yeah. but it wasn't yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't stable enough. Game end. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, all right. Um, so I thought, I don't know what to do. So I started working as a writer, just freelance for all these different right. art magazines. Because I just wanted to ask other artists how they got where they got. Exactly the so, reason I started this podcast. Yeah. Yep. So so I, when I interviewed you, that was exactly what yeah. I wanted to know from you. Sure. Um, but ironically, I interviewed you. It's a great story, actually. I interviewed you. Um, a few days after the very end of my semester, because um, it was in June sometime, so we, yeah. we just shut down the school for the semester, um, and I was super burnt out. I was burnt out to the point where I was cleaning my classroom, and a chair fell off a table and hit me in the head and gave me a concussion <laughs> three days before I interviewed yeah. you. Yeah. And I almost canceled oh, because man. I was so out of it. Yeah. And something told me I needed to do it anyway. And I showed yeah. up to interview you with no questions. I wasn't yeah. prepared. I normally would be prepared, but I was super out of it. And so yeah. I was just like, 
All right, let's just talk. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's all it needs to be. I guess it's true. I mean, especially, you know, if you're going to write something, you just kind of need to get to know the person and get a few kind of facts down. But, but you, you had know. a publicist, whoever was in charge of the event, she mm. was really nervous. And she, I told her I wrote for the, the Culture magazine. Oh, and right. She, she, did, she was like, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right thing. For oh, me. sure. Yeah, so yeah. She was kind of like, yeah, no, she was just trying to do the right thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Yeah, to get, was it a show at the like? It was in Orange County. Yeah, <laughs> at the guy, he had like a newsstand or something. It was a. It was, was really a, cool. A really cool bookstore. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, that's what I remember. I feel like we sat outside and talked. We did. And it was super casual, and you were really neat. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. and same. I, I yeah. had a blast, and it was just, it was funny. I, I'm so glad I went because I almost didn't. No, those are it, those things. It definitely changed my life. <laughs> and that's, I think, a lesson for young people to hear, too, is that it happens ha- kind of haphazardly. Yeah. And you either, it's almost like these gifts from the universe, and you catch it or you don't. But mm-hmm. a lot of it is just being like, just fucking doing it when it's really uncomfortable. Yeah, when it's hard. And, so. and sometimes that can be exactly the occasion when things fall into place. Yeah, yeah. You know, whereas you were just like, man, my head hurts. I'm I'm just going to cancel this. Whatever. Nobody's going to care. You know, or ah, I should really do this. Yeah. I, I think I'm okay. Yeah. I'll go try. Yeah, yeah. You never know. You never know who you're going to meet that, you know, could be this like springboard to another thing. It's true. I think that's the worst part about Los Angeles, actually, is everybody's looking at everybody else like they're a springboard. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and that's the, their line of questioning. It's like, what do you do that could help me get what I need? Yeah. Yeah, right? I, that's I, funny like that. Yeah. But if it happens naturally, it's dope. Exactly. See, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think like that. I don't like that. I hate that, too. It's right. just one of those things when I lived in Los Angeles, I noticed that. Same. For sure. It was a different line of questioning. Yeah. Absolutely. And kind of people put their best face forward right off the bat. Whereas in San Francisco, I feel like if my friends were on a bender or drunk or fucking angry, they're going to let you fucking know. They weren't going to be like sweet to your face, just hoping that you were somebody they could use. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's they're true. like, fuck you, bro. Yeah. 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 That's, that's rad. So yeah. tell me kind of, we're getting towards the end here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell well, me kind of how the, your tattoo business really got to where it is right now. So um, after learning from you, I still taught for the next two years off and on, small amounts. Yep. Um, I learned I learned from you at the perfect time, though, because I think there were big transitions happening at different schools. And I ended up actually losing a major amount of the classes that I taught the mm-hmm. very year after you taught me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I remember um, some of that. So it was a, it was a yeah. little bit scary because at that yeah. point I wasn't ready to right. tattoo professionally yet. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I went to just last minute, couldn't get another job, and I actually went to teach English in Italy. Um, odd thing to do, but I just needed something, um, and I needed a kind of a reset. And it, Europe can be great for that. Yeah, so when I was out there, I stayed in close contact with you, and you helped me a lot, just encouraging me and cool. um, hooking me up with some of your friends out there, too. Uh, that's, that's part of the tattoo tribe thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to choose your tribe uh, carefully because, you know, usually a, a tribe of tattooers is international. And if you travel, if you ask somebody else in your tribe for help, they probably have somebody 
that's yeah. family nearby. Yeah, yeah. That's neat that way. Yeah. And they really, a vouching for someone really has weight. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah, no, so that helped me because um, I just got kicked in the butt even when I went to um, teach in Italy. I kept feeling like it was, I was getting all these signs from the universe to stop teaching and just take the leap of faith and tattoo. Yeah. When I got to Italy. Scary. Yeah, it was scary. I was really scared to do it. Because, um, yeah. you know, it's just me. Like, I don't have, like, a family to fall back on. I don't, you know, I don't have, like, a, a savings, you know. So I just... No, I think everybody kind of just is like, oh, I guess I have to work for somebody else. Yeah. Like, I have to have a job. I have to be... I have to have that yeah. paycheck. And I have to have... The, and have it's so too. fucking scary to be like, maybe I don't. <laughs> maybe I don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the pandemic has shown that a lot to a lot of people that had like uh, side gig kind of hobby projects that might have also been like brands or something yeah. and they lose their day job because of the pandemic and then what do you know their side gig that they kind of made a little money on here and there became their full-time job and it's way more fun right. <laughs> and they're making way more money that they made in their regular job and Absolutely. it just ha- it, this universe thing just to be like you know what okay fuck your day job that whole industry is gone <laughs> yeah. now what you got oh you're making stickers well you better make a lot more stickers, <laughs> motherfucker. And what do you know? It pops off. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, it's, so a, I, yeah. it's a trip. That's how it happened for me. And you encouraged me a lot um, to take the risk. But yeah. the irony was when I went to teach in Italy, I lost that job because they didn't get enough students. And it was Italy and they were kicked. I remember that was tough. It was scary because yeah. I was like, fuck They were no, like kind of scared of you even a little. Well, I think they thought I was they a were, witch in a bad that's, way. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. that's the thing. You were kind of the, the package. I mean, at that point, too, you still had Shanti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Shanti was your little dog. Yeah, yeah. Like, that went everywhere with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So, a little uh, professional. Yeah, yeah. So, I had uh, my service dog, because I have post-traumatic stress disorder. So, yeah. um, my service dog came with me everywhere. She was my yeah. medical alert dog. She was the and, shit. Yeah, she just passed away. Yeah, just, no, I wanted just, to bring her up on the podcast because yeah. I love her. I She would kick it on my lap when you were tattooing in the loft. Yeah. She was really cool. And that was the thing. Like, no matter where you went in the world, that dog was right there. And yeah. she was such a pro. She'd go right under your chair, wherever the fuck you were, and not make a noise. Other yeah. dogs could come around and fuck with her. Not ha- not no. a problem at all. No, like, just so cool. Such well, a pro. Well-trained dog. Yeah, she, she was so good. She was trained not too far from here. Oh, really? Vista, oh, that's California. cool. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I know where Vista is. Yeah. Like, yeah. But that was the thing. You were like this I, kind of witchy lady with yeah. this little black dog that went everywhere with I know. you. So I didn't quite fit in. I, I don't know why. I think I had that little Catholic head. country, too. But I know. <laughs> tripping on you. <laughs> that's yes. funny. I wouldn't have thought of that. Any... any, any to be goth in yeah. Italy. That's, a, that's needs heavy. to know which in every language, so you know who to avoid. Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, that's but, cool. But, uh, I, uh, I, yeah. I, I just realized in those moments, was like, fuck it. I just need a tattoo. I just need to work yeah. for myself. And um, I went to a tattoo convention in Florence. Um, because you you were just like meet everyone you're there that's just the way to do everybody. it just yeah again become part of the family yeah and, and, then, and build your family and that's how i met my viking tattooer friends who i worked Bingo. with in copenhagen there so you it, go. Was, it was in that moment of crisis where i was like i don't know what the fuck to do yeah but i'm gonna just talk to everybody even though i'm shy <laughs> I'm just going to get out there. That's part of tattooing. You have to be social on some level. I mean, it's a people business. You're dealing with people. Often they're dishing shit, like their psychological stuff when you're you're tattooing them, too. It's it's heavy. (laughs) Very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, yeah. So um, once I I um, met those the people that are um, my friends, Kai Ui Faust is yep. the the tattooer from um, uh, Kusten Pa Kroppen, which I probably am mispronouncing because it's Danish. Yeah. Um, they're they're the shop I work with in, in Copenhagen. Okay. Um, that was the game changer for me to realize um, you had already encouraged me, but I needed to see people that were ritual tattooing yes. in, in action. Yeah, you got to find your tribe. Yeah, and once I yeah. saw that, I realized I can do this. Yeah. I'm not going to do it in a Viking way. I'm going to do it in my Irish right. Druid way. Exactly. Um, Which is kind of the point. Yeah. Even from their end. Like yeah. that's they're they're coming from their blood history, I would imagine. Yeah. And exactly. trying to the similar vibe, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so that that um that's when I, I had just a moment where I was like, Okay, I'm gonna do this now and right. I'm gonna work my butt off to do it and just tattoo a bunch of people and get good. That's right. And my goal was to be able to go back to Copenhagen and be able to work there as cool. a guest artist. Um I wanna get good enough to do that. Yeah. And it only took me about a year to do that and they, they invited me. That's which, rad. Which was rad. And it, yeah. it, so I had these little milestones that I would set to just yeah. be like, I want to get good enough to do this. Sure. And I want to get Goals. good enough to do this. But yeah, that's I came back to the U.S. because I realized um, that was the best place for me to have the most amount of people I knew who would yes. trust me to tattoo them. Right, right. Um, so well, I, let, me, uh, let me pause for just a second. I just want to save it. Oh, sure. All right, we're back. No big deal. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, continue... You were, you came back to uh, California after yes. tattooing with the folks. Did you tattoo with them in Copenhagen, or or was so that just kind of met them in Italy and then? I met them. I, I set my goal that I wanted to work with them, and I still needed to keep building up my portfolio. Um, so I I actually met a bunch of punks in uh, Sweden, and cool. I ended up tattooing out of a guy's house. Fresh. Uh, on a table shaped like God a coffin. God bless the punks. <laughs> yes. Fuck yeah. yeah. No, no, for real. Like, my, it's, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, it's true. They, tribes. Exactly. You know, my, my dear friend. No, I just tattoo in my house. Yeah. Oh, it's illegal. Oh, who fucking cares, man? Just make the tattoos. You know, yeah, like. No, exactly. No, punks. Yeah, anywhere. No, I, I love that. Started, yeah, yeah. You know, God bless him. Like, my, sure. my, my dear friend Robin, who's one of my best friends still to this day, um, I, did, I didn't speak Swedish, and... Um, just found my way there when everything went to shit in uh, uh, Italy um, and mm. uh, met him and we, he just was the one who helped me be able to make some money there because I uh, I didn't speak Swedish well so he would just like talk to his friends who all wanted like punk logos yeah like exactly a conflict logo I'm like sure. alright I'll do it I'll do it and, and again then, every little tattoo is skin time Every yeah, single person I, has different skin. Yeah, and fucking, you're doing that uh, internationally. <laughs> yeah. 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 Throat is especially difficult. Yeah. Anything on the neck oh, is God, really, really hard to tattoo. Super hard. And often people want really detailed work on their throats. And it's yep. fucking difficult. Yeah. Like, yeah. I kind of feel bad for putting Chris Khan through so much detail on my own throat. <laughs> like, it's a lot of detail. Beautiful, you know? Though. But, like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. But, you know... That you get, you gotta trust just certain people, kind of with that, on some level. Unless true. it's just some kind of rough thing, which is fun too. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, getting your t throat tattooed is no joke. 
Yeah. No, it's not. fucking gnarly. <laughs> <I would imagine. laughs> First hand experience, I know, uh-huh. man. Throat is nasty. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, so came I, back to California after doing all that stuff, did, learning from them, making connections. Yeah, and then yeah, I came back with just the incentive of like, I really want to get good, mm-hmm. and I, I have these goals, and uh, I worked a little bit. Um, I I taught at um, Laguna College of Art and Design for one semester. Um, just one class and then um, while I was tattooing and then decided that I'm gonna just do it full-time and I moved up to Berkeley um, because there well had a boyfriend up there but also there were some black work artists up there that I thought were interesting and um, one particular awesome guy um, got me a job at his shop Um, cool uh, yeah he's he's um, Ed Swanson does like amazing Mm -hmm. black work um, and uh, I worked there for a little bit it wasn't my scene um, mm-hmm. and I decided to move to another shop with another awesome tattooer who I met um, that's that time in your career yeah yeah. kind of bounce around a little bit find, find, your, your, find your groove yeah. find your people but the whole way you're learning yeah I tell people often at that stage too to watch what people are doing wrong just as much as mm-hmm. what you're watching them do right, right and right. take stock of that watch what they're doing wrong and remember that too so that you can take that experience on to the next one Mm -hmm. so that maybe you know because often those lower level shops there's often difficulties whether it be sexual harassment Mm -hmm. or embezzlement or um you know all kinds of bullshit absolute fucking bullshit but again that can be a helpful filter on your way up through the ranks to know that you're in a better shop Absolutely. That not every shop has to be like a fucking TV show with everybody, you know, all the <laughs> customers and the clients fucking each other and, you know, just yeah. constant drama and all mm. that bullshit. Yeah. Teach his own if that's what you like. But um, y- if you really want to pursue artwork, you, you know, I think that's a quiet, solitary uh, kind of journey, you it's know. Like, yeah. and, but you need really good, wise teachers around you to help guide you. Yeah. 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 That's all I ever wanted was just a peaceful place to work and uh, yeah. just no drama. Yeah, so yeah, I moved, I moved one shopping. Well, I always thought too you'd be more suited to work on your own. Yeah. You know, frankly, but to learn you have to be around other tattooers. So there's just, that's, that's part of it, part of the education. You're going to have to rub elbows with knuckleheads maybe. That's true. Yeah. Well, like, you know, I, I did have um, my own studio where I tattooed out of it privately as well. That's uh, good. So. You know, and that, that is kind of more my vibe anyway, um, but I do work out of now shops that yep. allow me to do that. Essentially, yeah. I have a private space. I um, think shops kind of started to be designed that way a bit too. Mm-hmm. And even how, um, you know, say like the, the Bay Area super shops, you know, if you walked into one of those shops and had an idea, no matter how off the wall, um, pretty much any of the tattooers there could do it and do it really, really well. Um, and then I started to notice maybe when you were working in Berkeley that shops were starting to, uh, create, um, a, a, a roster of artists that could cover all the different special styles versus having each artist able to do dot work, Japanese, Tibetan, American, everything, you know, Mm -hmm. like a customer would come in and they'd show you know the shop person a, a pattern and you'd be like oh yeah we have a person for that joy yeah exactly. you know or 
a guy comes in with like a, a Sailor Jerry skull and you're like, oh yeah, let's give that to Sarah. Sarah, you know, come here, you know, here's your guy, you know, knock it out. Mm-hmm. Which is a very, very different thing. It is, yeah. y- You know, kind of the opposite of how I came up. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think that was based on the clientele. And I think that a lot of that came from TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I think the whole thing with the TV shows is that it got the clientele in on the whole thing a lot more than it was before. Because they think that now that we as tattooers want to hear the, sto- the backstory. And that that's a really big, important part of it, right? Mm. You know, there's this whole thing where the customer thinks they come to the tattoo shop with the stuff that they think they, where they picked up from the TV show. Yeah. Whereas yeah. for us, we're just like, oh, man, you could have just said you want this there. You know what I mean? Like, that's all I need to hear. But again, certain customers yeah. need that and want yeah, that, yeah. you know? And I think it's good that there's folks of all sorts that can offer tattooing in a variety of locations and contexts. That's true. Right? That's true. I mean, even, um, like, it's a no-brainer that your tattoo experience in a shop is going to be different than, say, getting one on a beach in Bali. Uh, You know what I I mean? You know, it's like we... Yeah, there's all kinds of different ways to get a tattoo and to mark a a thing, you know? So how how did that uh, go from... You were in Berkeley for a while... I really just lived up there for a year. Yeah. Um, that that was good because it, it helped me branch out to an audience of people I didn't know at all. Yeah. Um, you know, because Southern California had a lot of connections. I have a lot of yeah. connections. But up there, it was great because it taught me to ask for what I needed and get it from yeah. the shop. So when I found the second shop that I still work at, Sacred Rose, I was, I was able oh. to tell her... Yeah. Karen Rose. Karen Rose, yeah. God I t- bless Karen Rose. Yeah. A fundamental figure in tattooing. Exactly. A self-made she, woman. Yeah, she She's did. been way back. Yeah, she's God amazing. bless her. Yeah. Yeah, I used to yeah. hang out at Sacred Rose when it was in uh, San Francisco on, I think, yeah. was it on Guerrero or Valencia? I forget. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used yeah. to hang out there a lot. Yeah, well, she, she helped me a lot because when I first interviewed with her, um, I, you know, obviously I'm like, all right, I have a service top. Yeah have to be okay with that and I also I I want to ritual tattoos so I I want a private space that I can do quiet tattoos not like in in the main space where they're playing ACDC I like want to have like a contained quiet space and she she made it happen for me that's fresh so again she's smart enough to keep an eye on how things are moving and saw okay let's try this yeah yeah Yeah. I'm eternally grateful to her, which is why yeah. I still go up there. Uh, what, sure. COVID aside. Oh, sure. Um, uh, I haven't been since COVID. Oh, but, those relationships uh, are really important. Yeah. I'm so still super tight with my mentor, uh, Nala. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't get to see him barely ever, but yeah, we're, we're still really tight. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel like I never want to forget anybody who's helped me in any way. Sure. Even some of my costume design people. Sure. It's like I have, I have my people. I'm like, you know what? That Those are like family ties. The, the, As you get older, you realize that's the only way you're making a living. Kind of is like your support system and the, and the community that supports you. Yeah. I, I mean, I noticed that. I mean, that's what fucking Instagram shows you and like statistical information for fuck's sake. Like, that's you true. know, here's your support system. Yeah. You know, and if you get it big enough, it allows you to, uh, it allows a lot of freedom, really. Does. You know, and some confidence on some level to see the numbers. And, yeah, yeah. You, you know, 
But yeah. you, know, you also want to always appreciate it and not take yeah. it for granted. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. It can be taken right away. Like, yeah. yeah. I see. Sometimes so, the arrogant tattooers, it can be like Totally. That, you know? <laughs> so, what, yeah, uh, let people know, you know, bring us up to speed right now. Like, where do you tattoo regularly? Yeah, um, of course, outside of COVID times, um, I work down in Long Beach now at uh, Paper Crane Studio. At Paper Crane. Yeah. So you're, the whole shop is just kind of in limbo until they lift the restriction again, which mm -hmm. they did once before, right? Yes. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, because uh, I've been going through that a big trouble here in San Diego where I tattoo. It's, yeah. yeah, I think there was a week or two where it was kind of, it was on, and then they were like, all right, let's... Pull Let's that out again. again. Yeah. 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 It's been a real pickle. I think it's been a real, uh, it's been really rough to kind of realize that your whole industry can just be lights out yeah. by people that have nothing to do with the industry. Yeah. I don't understand. Nor the clients, you know, yeah. or, yeah, you know, I mean, I, you know, that's the thing I'm seeing is that uh, there are so many people that want to get tattooed and um yeah. really can't right now you know mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's a funny thing it's yeah strange. but it shows me too that like now it's not really dependent on this whole industry and the pop culture around it like people want tattoos that, like that's, you that's know the people you know, yeah and even away. in these times especially they're like god damn it i'm okay financially i don't have a job i'm on unemployment I'm okay. I should go get that tattoo that I wanted. I mean, if the shops were open, I'd probably be doing really great <laughs> because everything else is closed. You know what I mean? I mean, it's one of those things, you know? And I certainly have had friends that just closed up their shops and just kept working at home, you know? Um, like I say, you know, no big fucking deal. I even have friends that just boarded up their shop to make it look like they were just closed right up and just kept working away, kept all their appointments and just kept trucking. There's shops even here in San Diego that are still operating, doors wide open, cops walking right past, you know, just some of the like biker guys, they're just like, oh, fuck all this, fuck the mask, <laughs> fuck you closing my shop, you're going to have to come down and arrest me or I'm just going to keep on going. And yeah. uh, I don't know if anybody's been arrested yet. You hear about hairdressers getting shit, but uh, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's an interesting time. So strange. you know, have you been? Uh, are you okay financially? Have you been selling, I'd say, artwork like a lot of tattooers? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. But I, I took the time to really focus on um, building that part of my um, like illustration stuff. So I've just yeah. worked on a ton of illustrations. Great time to do um, that. Yeah, and yep. I. I have all these different projects, like I'm working on a tarot card set. Oh, right, uh, right, cool. Yeah, and working on music always, so... Um, yeah, where can people that. find your music? Uh, well, that that's um, under my name, Joy Shannon. Either. Joy Shannon, one word? Yeah, on Instagram, Joy Usually. Shannon. Um, yeah. My full name of my band is Joy Shannon and the Beauty Marks. Right. That's, that's just the website. Um, yeah. But you can find it all on... Spotify, iTunes, sure. all the things. Joy Shannon. So Joy Shannon or Joy Shannon the Beauty yeah. Works, it'll get you. I love listening to the music. stuff that you've given me over the years. Thank you. Yeah, I, I often uh, will throw one in on a road trip for some reason, and I always end up crying. <laughs> there's there's that one song that's so funny to me, but I love. Uh, is it the song that we did the video for? 
the it was it the Liam, Liam Neeson yeah, song. Yeah. God damn, I love that song. Yeah. It's so. F uh, I, and I was so stoked <laughs> to be in the video for that. That was really cool. Oh, that was uh, great. Your okay. friend that shot it was so talented. Oh yeah. Super fucking fresh. Two amazing guys worked on that. Yeah, right. Yeah, Austin Page and Shun Chi. That's right, yeah. Shun. Shun. With yeah. the uh, he had rigged his like uh, it was like a movie lens to a digital camera. I think he was explaining yeah, to he, me. He, he knows... was like his tech wizard. Yeah. Mixing old and new, and it had a certain look. If you go and look at that video. Yeah. Hey, what's the song called? Uh, Liam Neeson. It's called Liam Neeson. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's cool. Yeah, so, it's rad. Yeah, um, that was. I'm so glad you, you went with the idea because it was a crazy idea. That I was oh, like, cool. Mike, can you tattoo me an amazing Yeah, tattoo a harp on you. A beautiful, huge harp, Big on, harp. My, on my, on my yep. thigh. We filmed the whole thing. It was yep. four hours. Yeah. And then I sang while you were tattooing. Yeah, we, multitasking once again. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> and I found that actually sing, cool. singing while getting tattooed relieves the pain. Oh, bad. Again, redirection just, just and expression and it, you just feel good doing it. Yeah, it felt great. Yeah. I vocalized getting tattooed in pain and yeah. it helped to it let it out, you know, yeah, done some weird least. things. Yeah. 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 Not singing so much, but yeah. I hear you. I mean, this wasn't the hardest tattoo in the world. Yeah. Had I been on like a tattoo on my spine or... Sure. You know, yeah. Like, Leg's not too bad. No. Outside but, of the leg at least. Yeah. I yeah. know. The inside. The inside hurts. hurts. Really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's great. I'm glad we got to talk. I'm glad oh, you, you were able you. to visit. I hadn't oh, seen you in ages. I know. It's so good to see you and yeah. just reminisce. Of Fuck all yeah. It was really times. fun. Get yeah. to reminisce with people listening. Yeah. That's thank rad. you. Cool. <laughs>